Alvin, you've disgraced me for the last time. <laughs> Just like Gary Cooper, huh? I think the cartoon gets started. Welcome everybody to Acme Podcast Incorporated. Uh, I am your host, Laser J, and I am joined as always by my good buddy and co-host. Hey, it's Kai. How's it going, everybody? Yep. And, uh... It, it's Ventures. I, I had something funny, like a, a, a like a, uh, either a Dr. O uh, monologue or a, a monarch-ish monologue planned, and I forgot it, because I planned it like a week ago and didn't Honestly, bother to write it down i was i'm half expecting the episode to come out and like the the bring back the audio clip joke and it's the the clip from the episode with the uh the happy box it's like what did you use to make this and it's like acme podcast incorporated ah! uh that would be pretty good uh but now that you've described it, I can't use it. But yeah, I mean, you could cut this. Mm. Eh, too late. My pride won't let me, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Venture Brothers, hey. Uh, my favorite TV show of all time. Yeah, we're talking about the first three seasons uh, this week. Which are admittedly the three weakest seasons. There's a lot of good stuff in them, but... Um, there, there's a lot of offensive humor. Just yes, we'll uh, we'll get to that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was 2003 when it started, and it wasn't cool then, but it was of the time, and it was of yeah, very of the time. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, anyway, uh, but before that, uh, we got our weeks, and then we got some upkeep, uh, mm-hmm. which is the first episode of the Owl House aired the morning of this recording, and also they the first two leaked because Disney did a charity event where they showed the first two, and of course and, people, yeah, posted them. Uh, and no, we are not going to talk about the second episode. I want to wait for the official release. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Support the official release if you can. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. If you can't if you like if you can't afford Disney Plus every month, buy it on YouTube. Buy the season or something. There yeah, ways, but also it, it it airs to... on the Disney Channel, so I. That's a basic cable channel. So I know most people can't afford... Like, a lot of people can't afford cable. Don't blame you. That's it's kind of a waste of money. But someone probably knows someone who has cable. And also, you can... If you don't want to buy it... If you don't want to pay for cable, you don't want to buy uh, Disney+. Plus. You can also buy the season on iTunes. And it'll mm-hmm. put the new episode out uh, the day it airs. You can buy them on iTunes, you can buy them on YouTube. I think they also might be available on Amazon Video as well. Yeah, 
if you know someone with a Hulu login, mm-hmm. uh, new episodes go up on Hulu the day after. Uh, Netflix, probably. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're putting Disney's putting anything up on Netflix anymore. Oh, because of Disney Plus existing, yeah. And Hulu, like they they and own Hulu. majority stakes in Hulu and Dis- and of course yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah. So fair enough. Those 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 are the main places you're going to uh, going to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, you can probably also get it on Amazon Prime Video, honestly. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that that's probably after the fact. That kind of replaces DVD sales, I imagine. Yeah, I think what what it is is that like Disney Plus is sort of like if you want to get it right now, right away. Uh, no, it's not on Disney Plus yet. Oh, it'll okay. If when the season right away, ends, it will be there. If you want it right away, you got to watch it on television or Hulu and then, or Hulu, and if then then you can watch it. You can binge it on Disney Plus and then probably binge it on Amazon Prime Video and. I don't know if YouTube does the episodes as they come out thing like iTunes does. I'm not sure. I know you can buy pretty much anything on YouTube in terms of yeah. I don't episodes know episodes of television. So. Uh, but, yeah, yep, that, that 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 yeah, let, let, But that's uh. Let Let's get through our weeks first. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what you got? Um. I meant to talk about this last time, but I watched more of it in the last couple weeks anyway, so it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the anime Odd Taxi. Right. For those of you who haven't seen it, a brief summary. Odd Taxi is an anime about a taxi driver named Odokawa who has a... How do I put this? He has a way of recognizing faces, and he gets, and due to his um, bad luck or what have you, gets involved in this really complex murder mystery, and some Yakuza are involved, and some pop idols are involved, and this is this really big interconnected uh, crime mystery drama that also just happens to be really cute Animal Crossing-esque animals. That's not what I pictured at all when I saw that anime. Wow. That is what it is about. It is a murder mystery. Goddamn. Um, it's... The the most interesting thing about it is the, con, the art style contrasting with its really dark and somber tone, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's such an interesting... Um, it's probably intentional. The, the contrast between the two. Like, trying to tell a story that is normally... Um, you would tell with, like, a probably a, a more traditional anime style, or even, like, a live-action series with something super cutesy. And, um, like I said, the, the, I, the, best exa- the best comparison in terms of art style is Animal Crossing. Most of these characters would not look out of place in an Animal Crossing game. Hmm. Um, and, uh, the main thing about it, it's, I don't think it's going to be for everybody. You have to really be into dialogue-heavy shows. Hmm. Um, like, there's not a lot of, like, quote-unquote action or, like, intense animation or anything. 
In fact, it's very, its animation is very, uh, it's nice, but it doesn't really need to use it. Got it. A, a lot of the show is extended dialogue, um, scenes, and some really nice shots. A lot of the backgrounds are actually really nice. And, um, again, the art style is, is, really, is really nice, too. Your enjoyment will heavily depend on, one, if you can get past the, the contrast and if that contrast between the story and the art style is, is your jam, two, um, if you like these kinds of stories, like a murder mystery, and three, if the dialogue is interesting to no enough to hold your attention and the mystery is interesting enough to hold your attention. Hmm. Okay. Uh, which for which for me it is personally I'm enjoying yeah. it so far. Uh, Otokawa is a very interesting main character. He's a very subdued guy. He's like he's like um, I forget he's like forty or mm -hmm. almost forty. And there's some interesting um he has he has an interesting backstory. And there's some hints re in recent episodes that he might be neurodivergent in some capacity. Hmm. And then uh, a lot of the, the charm of the show is, is the uh, how completely interconnected characters are. It, it, there's a lot of turns and twists for you. Like, you, like, how could that character possibly know that other character? And just makes the web of... Uh, the murder mystery become way more complicated. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but that's the uh, that's the gist of Odd Taxi. Definitely recommend it. Even as like a, even if you have a vague uh, interest in it, I say check it out. There's like ten episodes so far. Yeah, I I was planning on checking it out when it finished. Okay, I don't know how many episodes it's actually supposed to be. Hold on. Have they mentioned uh, how many episodes it's going to be? If you look on the Wikipedia for it, it'll say how many episodes it's going to be. No, it doesn't say how many it's going to be. Hmm. Exactly. Really? Uh, doesn't look like it. Google, uh, you should phrase your Google search as uh, Odd Taxi Episode List. Hmm. Doesn't no, it doesn't look like it's mentioned exactly how many episodes it's gonna have. My guess is like twenty six though. That's my guess. Hmm. A full season, yeah. No. Uh. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's pretty standard hmm. for anime. You know, okay. twenty six episodes. Yeah. Sometimes you get a thirteen, sixteen episode or whatever, but yeah. I could see it being 13 episodes. I could also see it being like 20, also. I kind of hope it is uh, 26. Yeah, we'll see. It just depends on how long, how complex and long the mystery uh, becomes. Yeah. It's like, how many more revelations can there be, and how long will it take for the entire thing to unravel, basically? Hmm. Because things are starting to uh, ramp up as of the last two episodes. So we'll see. Alright. Uh, let me think of something. Think. Mm. 
Maybe it's worth mentioning. Oh, um, I was, uh, I've been meaning to do this for a while, but, um, I really wanted to delve more into foreign films outside of anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I have done from time to time, like, a lot of, I've watched several animated French films. But, um, I, I haven't really dug super deep. There have been a lot of, like, uh, Chinese films that have come out in the last few years as well that have been kind of like, oh, I might check that out. Um, I remember the exact title of it. Because um, I want to get this right. Oh yeah, it's a 2019 uh, Chinese film called uh, Nezha Jimotong, also known mm. as Birth of Demon Child Nezha. Okay. Um, and it's a retelling of if if anybody doesn't know, there's a. It's the sort of other, if it, if people know Journey to the West, the story of Nezha is like the other big. Chinese epic story. Got it. It's it's like on that level. The the China a lot of, a lot of Chinese literature is heavily influenced by those two stories. The other one is um oh I forget what it is. It's uh the it's the story about the water margin. That's what it's called about the one hundred and eight stars of destiny. And then hmm. three king the the romance of the three kingdoms. Like, those four stories are the great epics of uh, Chinese literature. Got it. And a lot of Chinese films, at least recently, they really like to adapt their mythologies and stories. There's been a lot of Monkey King uh, animated films. Uh, this one tries to take a slightly different spin on the Nezha myth. Mm-hmm. Originally, Nezha was a, you know, it's like chosen child and born from this spirit pearl. And uh, he fought the, fought the Dragon King, has a flaming spear, standard stuff. But, in this telling of the story, there's the beginning of the universe and there's this pearl called the Chaos Pearl. And the... Uh, I, I forget what he's called, but the essentially almighty god of the heavens splits the chaos pearl into a demon pearl and a spirit pearl. Hmm. And he intends for the demon pearl to be destroyed in three years' time by a curse of heavenly lightning. And he intends for the spirit pearl to be reincarnated in a... Uh, the son of a famed general who is uh, famous for killing demons. I see. Spoiler alert, something goes wrong and the spirit pearl is stolen and the demon pearl is the one that ends up inside of uh, the general's wife. I see. So Nezha is born from the demon pearl and the story is a lot of, is basically about it's what how I, I want to put this in really simple terms. It's like kind of Naruto-esque. 
the child born the demon powers in the village yeah. hunt him. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's all... A lot of probably it is about, borrows from it, honestly. No, probably. Um, a lot of it is about nature versus nurture. Mm. Like, on the one hand, Nezha is literally born from a demon thing and is evil. But on the other end, it's like, is that the reason why he's like that? The other and it's like, in partially he's the, some of the things that he does are partially his own fault, but some of the other things he does are, like, you can't not blame him for acting out because he's literally, like, a child. Yeah. And uh, the other aspect of it that they try and change is that in one of the parts of the, one of the parts of the Neshaw story, Neshaw fights the Dragon King of the ocean, one of the Sea Dragon Kings, and uh, the son of the Sea Dragon King was the one born with the Spirit Pearl. So the final climax of the film is the son of the Dragon King and Neshaw having a big fight. Hmm. Big, cool martial arts fight with a uh, some cool set pieces. I see. Uh, there's some mo- there's some like really crude humor in it, and like the animation is really nice in places, but it's like how I put this. It's clearly limited in some capacities, but really nice in others, especially the choreography in terms of martial arts and fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely one of the things it has over a lot of. Even just regular action films, it has better choreography than just most de- generic action films, to be frank. Yeah. Because um, they're, they're not so much limited by the need to, uh, well, we don't want to, we can't, we don't want to hurt the actors, whatever, so we they, they edit out all the actual impacts. Mm-hmm. And so you have a million cuts in it, and <sighs> But yeah. you're not limited by that in animation. But. Yeah. Um, and the only the, the only criticism I have about it is that it kind of like, other than the the crude the, the the crude humor is the uh that Nezha's sort of like turn near the end of the climax of the film doesn't quite feel earned enough. Like he has his revelation moment about like you know. I'm not spoiling anything by telling you that the story is about choosing your own destiny and all that shit. Um, But it's it's not it's like how he finds out about shit and how he gets his turn to realizing that he can decide his own destiny doesn't feel quite earned. Um. It feels like you could have used another couple of scenes, or at least one other scene. But other than that, it's a... For what it is, it's interesting, and it's also cool to see. It's refreshing to see mythology adaptated in animation that's not something that I am personally familiar with. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm so used to Western mythology and whatnot getting the animation treatment. So it's just neat seeing something different. Yeah. Um, and I, I might, I, and I plan on checking out possibly some other stuff. The the same studio did another story about um, 
It's called uh, Zhongzia, which is in the same universe. It's mm -hmm. another Chinese myth, and there's also uh, another Chinese myth called White Snake, and both of those films look really pretty. So I might check those out, and I'm. That's the one where uh, the girl dances on top of the uh, Trans Am, right? Pardon? White Snake. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Here I go again on my own. Oh my fucking god. Jesus. Going down the only road I've ever known. Like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. Fuck you. <laughs> god. <sighs> oh, I'm not a good singer. Mm. Wasn't trying to be, though. Oh, I know you weren't. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's also just some older animated films that I that came out like in the last like few years that I never checked out that I'd be meaning to, and I might watch those, like um, Song of the Sea, and um, yeah. the what was the other one that that studio did? The same people who did Secret of Kells. Um, mm. They did a, a story about werewolves. Or people who can turn into wolves. Interesting. That look really beautiful. Um, I need to remember what it's called, but I'm 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 looking I'm looking to check out some more animation that's not American or Japanese. Nice. Uh, that's about it. Okay. Uh, I uh, I was actually going to talk about this. I was also going to talk about this last week, uh, but. Literally, I was watching the last episode as you were uh, fixing that pipe the other last last time we recorded. Mm -hmm. uh, and then our friend KP is a very kind and courteous friend and came into the voice chat to keep me company. And so I didn't get to finish it in time. But uh, I, I've watched the uh, the second half of the second season that just finished airing uh basically they split season two into two uh parts and they aired a year apart from each other of uh re zero oh okay right you, you've talked about re zero before yeah yeah i'm not gonna go spend too much time on this just it's more of the same uh i think this is probably I like this more than the second, than, than the first part of second season because this season two did a lot to develop the main guy and then Rem, the the blue haired maid, mm -hmm. uh, and then this season did a lot to develop every other character. Mm. Um. But I was telling KP about this, and then we started talking about uh, uh, Shokugeki no Soma um, off of this topic. But basically, it the show continues to have really good writing and really horrible character designs. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that that's 
that's my uh, my takeaway from RE0. I really like the story. I wish anyone else did the character design. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, well, not anyone else, but yeah, because someone who there are worse options. Oh, there are much worse options. Um, there's also better options. But yeah, basically, uh, yeah. So that that that's the only real animation thing. One evening, I watched a couple episodes of Freakazoid, but other than that, I haven't really. Um, I mean, if we're mentioning just stuff we randomly felt like watching, mm-hmm. I watched the first few episodes of uh, the real the real Adventures of Johnny Quest because I felt like it. Because especially since we were watching Venture Brothers. Yeah, I mean that that feels appropriate. Uh, we plan on no promises. We probably plan on talking about that show at a later date. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to talk about Ben. Sometime this season, we have to talk about Johnny Quest. Honestly, yeah, and that's the better version of Johnny Quest. So, yeah, okay. Uh, but I only bring up Freakazoid because you have Toby Danger. Uh huh. In one of the early episodes of that series, which is just, it it's just like watching Venture Brothers before Venture Brothers. Mm. Uh, Toby Danger was the second episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toby Danger in Doomsday Bet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it it it. But yeah. Uh, that that's anyway. Uh. Other than that, uh, I read two novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read Star Wars Alphabet Squadron Victory's Price, which is the final in a trilogy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's okay. It, it's it's middling fair for a Star Wars novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, depending on your taste, can be a scathing insult or a marker of quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um I love Star Wars novels, always have. Um So I'm genuinely I'm generally pretty happy, you know. Like it, it it's been a long time since I've been let down by a Star Wars novel. Uh This is the closest I've come to let down by one. Uh just cuz it's like eh, I it feels like it's trying to say something, but it doesn't say it very well and uh, yeah. the other one I read was uh, Harrow the Ninth mm-hmm. which uh, is a sequel to Gideon the Ninth which is I've talked about Gideon the Ninth on the show um, quite a while ago mm-hmm. uh, but if I had it. yeah it, it's been at least a year since I sp- more than a year since I spoke about it I'm pretty sure um but the stinger, like the sort of like book jacket, get people to read the book is that it's. Hold on. Okay, lesbian necromancers explore a haunted gothic palace in space. I'm in. Yeah, uh, I will say this though. Both of the main characters are lesbians, but it is not a romance story. I'm. Okay. 
Uh, I don't. I don't care about that. Yeah, it, it's either a romance. It, it's either, like I mean, I just mean like the two main characters are not a ship. Okay. Uh, unless it's like the slowest burn, and it's going to take all three novels to see them come together. But we'll see. But yeah, it's very good. It's a uh, very. Let me get another quote off. See if I can. Uh, with a snorting laugh and two middle fingers, the whole thing the whole thing burns to the end. NPR. Hmm. Yeah, it it's uh very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can't recommend the, these two books enough, and the third one's not out yet, but it is my most anticipated book. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. That okay. that's my week. Uh, the most the rest of my week is something I'm not getting ready to talk about. Right. Uh, it's not some great thing. It, it it's a video game. I just don't want to talk about it till I finish it. Okay. Uh, so let's get to upkeep, and uh, the Owl House. Who do you, Owl House? Who do you, who is the Owl House is back. Back baby. Back baby. We're in the first episodes of season two. Stranger tides. Separate tides. Oh, separate tides. That was Stranger tides. Yeah, separate nope, separate tides. Okay. Um, you know what I never expected from this show in a million years? What? A Hootie and Lilith friendship. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the opposite of what every fan art, fan content thing showed. And I love it. Finally, Hootie has a friend. Yep. I'm all about it. I love it. I love Lilith. I love Hootie. I'm all about it. Yeah. I also hope that Lilith gets more B-plots, because the thing is that she still needs to earn her redemption in my book, honestly. Yeah, she kind of does. Um, mm. And I, I think we'll definitely see that. Like, We'll definitely see that. I am confident in that. Yeah, I'm I'm totally sure that the next one, since the A-plot is going to be loose in Amity, we're probably going to get a, a uh, Lilith slash Eda B-plot. Yeah, because the, yeah. Well, the A-plot's not at the Owl House. The B-plot will probably be at the Owl House. Yeah, Um. we also, I don't think we talked about this last time, but there was, of course, the promo and, like, the, the the new opener gives us a lot to look forward to for this season. Big time. Um, in this episode, we can talk more about that once we actually, like, you know, in a second. Yeah. But we did get introduced to the one, our new villain, the Golden Guard, who is not quite what I was expecting. No, he's kind of a shitty teenager. Shitty a modern teenager. shitty teenager. Kind of a goofball. Yeah. He's, um... He's a YouTube prankster kid. Gah. The Golden Guard is Shane Dawson. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. I just know the archetype. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I, a prank, I just don't bro. Prank... Yeah. Just okay, prank, yeah. bro. Prank, yeah. bro. 
Don't worry about Ma- Maybe not quite that level, but like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the class clown. Yeah. Who's also extremely dangerous. Yeah. This episode is mostly just to get us back into the, the status quo, like the new status quo of, and sort of recap us on what happened last time and just give us a sort of just adventure without trying to push too far forward. The only the only super plot relevant things that happen are the, the Golden Guard stuff. Lou's trying to send a video to her mom and the very end of the episode where we see Bellows repairing the uh, the doorway. Yes. Um, which, by the way, we see, we kind of get a glimpse of him without the mask and he has like long hair. Yeah. Suspiciously looking a little like Ida's hair. Hmm. 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 Now, I know a couple episode titles uh, were announced, and I know one of, and the synopsises were as well. I know one is about Ida's mom visiting. Yeah, the we actually saw her in the promo trailer. She looks like a, yes. a, a, a babushka. Little yeah, little, uh, that, that's not quite lady. how I describe her, but yeah. I mean, she looks like a little old lady. That babushka has a very specific imagery that she does not mm. embody. She embodies more like a English countryside granny. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Point is, we did see her in the promo trailer. Yeah. There's also a bunch of other stuff that were hint- that are uh, that Dana talked about um, that were going to be explored in this season. One was like Edith's past is going to be explored, obviously, and also uh, King. What what the deal with King is 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 going to be explored in the season. She said. I look forward to that big time and uh, countdown three, two, one. Yeah, just wanted to give you that little heads up. Okay. Um. Yeah, because I remember when we first started this show, we actually were like theorizing about is King actually the King of Demons, and he's not bullshitting. Part of me, I don't remember what we said. Part of me hopes he isn't and part of me wants him to be i want him to be but there's a twist okay you know what i mean like he's not just the king of demons like there's more to it than that right yeah hmm there's we'll a see. bunch of go ahead i'm just saying we'll see yeah we'll see um so much other stuff we saw in the trailer and in the new opening we saw would look to be a new a new cast of villains like members of the Emperor's Coven. Yeah. And um we also saw some stuff with the Titan. Yes. And we also saw Luz's mom in a couple of the shots. So she might have an episode about her in the human world doing stuff. I really hope so. Yeah, especially because we don't know who the fuck is sending the, her those letters. Yup. From last season. That is a good question. Hmm. Very importante. I saw someone on Instagram 
post uh, the screen grab of her mom in that promo, mm-hmm. and it looked like there were uh, like missing ki- child posters in the back of that shot. Oh, like a big could be big conspiracy where like Luce isn't the only one who's gone missing in the the Boiling Isles or something. Yeah. Or I I mean it's more like maybe she realized like summer's over and she realized her daughter never came back from camp. Yeah. (laughs) And then she finds out her kid never showed up to camp. Missing per and then she puts out a missing persons report. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's like. She's not the first to get stuck or anything like that. Unless the Emperor is the first who got stuck. That would be interesting. Yeah, we... I I still don't know how much our Emperor is a human theory holds water. Yeah, I don't think it really does. Because we've seen him use magic without uh, glyphs or anything. It's just like, there's a lot of... He's... whatever Whatever the deal is with him, he's not normal. That's for damn sure. Yeah, the 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 main thing giving it away is that shot in the the first song where he cracked open the palisman and just slurped it up. Yeah, like and he's and before he did that, he seemed kind of like he had a headache, like he was drained. It's like what yeah. the fuck does that imply? You think? It's possible he surgically implanted one of those bile sacs. Mm, like he's a human that implanted a bile sac into his body? Yeah, but he can't replenish the bile like a normal witch can. Yeah, so he has to take it from palismans. Yeah. Or he himself is a palisman. Ooh. Like, one that killed their witch. Yeah. Something. That would be interesting. It just wouldn't explain his, um... His desire to go to the human world. Yeah. I think... I, I think the th- either... Either it, it's, uh... A lot of lateral thinking between, uh amphibia and this and that it's just pure expansionist mm-hmm. uh type thing but i i really don't think it's going to be expansionist um i really think he's a human who somehow can do magic without glyphs yeah that that that's still if if i if i were a betting man that's where i would put my money yeah that's where i put my money too I'm, but I'm still not sure. It's, yeah, it's, it's the the um the thing that makes me think he might not be human, or at least doesn't consider himself human anymore. Is is at the end of this episode when he makes the really creepy line, "Knock knock, human." Yeah, like maybe he just doesn't consider himself human anymore, which could also be a possibility. Yeah, you could you could suppose that by. If following the train of thought of him grafting on the the bile sack, uh, he's more chimera than man at this point. Please excuse our technical difficulties. Uh-oh. That's a possibility. Also, sorry about that, folks. Uh, quick, get a brief technical difficulty. I'm sure yeah. laser, future laser will cut that. 
Oh yeah, no, there's going to be a fun. Uh, please excuse our uh, technical difficulties. Uh oh, spaghettios. Mm-hmm. I want to write that down. Oh no, I always listen to this segment all the way oh, through. Okay. Anyway, this this is the one that generally requires the most editing. This segment. That's fair. Uh, so I just listen to it all the mm-hmm. way through. Yeah. But um, yeah. It's possible, that, like yeah, like you said, it doesn't consider himself human, more of a chimera. It's also possible he is himself a talisman. It's just the 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 human theory just tracks so much. He wants to go to the human world. He appeared mysteriously, like however many years ago, from nowhere, from seemingly it's nowhere. Be... It it yeah. just tracks too much that he is human. Also, Ida being Ida and Lilith being roughly thirty does not track, which is something you said in a previous thing, because in this episode she says, "I've been cursed for thirty years." Mm-hmm. So, and she was a teenager uh, when she was cursed. Still, thirty years have passed. She can't be thirty. That's what I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, you know, I. I was. That's yeah. not a fact. That I, that was just my. That's prop. That might be the age range we're looking at. That wasn't a fact that I was stating. Yeah, I I think we're looking more at fifties. Well, yeah, because if we follow that logic, let's say Eda was like forty five, like Eda was like fifteen or something when she got cursed, and she's probably like forty five. Yeah. Mid forties. Yeah. Something like that. Lynn Lillis is the older sister. So Lilith, yes. we don't know how much older Lilith is, but, you know. Yeah. Not important. Not important. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, they, just feeling a little smug about that. They, they, uh, um, but it's clear that the Emperor's Coven was around when Lilith went to the Academy. Oh, yeah. I... I really think the Emperor's been here. I really think the Emperor's like weirdly old. Like, we're talking more than three digits. Hmm. I don't think it's within a generation or two. But they did. But they did say that he. It wasn't until like fifty years ago that he made his grand debut and established the Coven. Hmm. That was That's that was true. a thing that was said. So, that might be true. Okay. But him establishing the coven and becoming emperor wasn't until fifty years ago. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh. Let's talk about the episode itself. Yeah, the episode itself. Um. It's nice seeing more magical creatures in the Boiling Isles. the The Selkie, the Selkie Ramus is a cool creature. Selkie Ramus or something. It's yeah. like a plesiosaur mixed with a Selkie, mixed with a. I mean, a Selkie is a seal. So. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like a Selkie and a walrus. Selkie walrus and a a big Loch Ness monster type thing. Yeah. All, it's kind of like a Pokemon. Yeah, it's a little Pokemon-esque. It's, it's baby was definitely a Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Like, look at that thing. That thing is water grass type. 
Yeah. Sulky Ramus, the Dugong Pokemon. Honestly, Sulky Ramus sounds like a fucking Pokemon name. It does, yeah. But, um. You know what was a nice detail that I never considered that was revealed in this episode? That the ocean's actually boiling? That, that too. But, the fact that Luce can't really eat everything that is in this world. Yeah, that, that is a nice touch. Which is not something I had ever considered until now. This is a completely different dimension. Yeah, that totally makes sense that she wouldn't be able to, like, just eat anything here. Yeah. Uh, it could also be a little bit of, like, a, I don't know, like, I, I don't know, like, like, just, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I think it's a nice touch compared to uh, Amphibia's sort of, like, this is really gross, but you get used to it, kind of thing. Yeah, but I mean, Amphibia is slightly different tone. Yeah, it, 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 well, yes. Uh, considering in most Isekai, they don't even talk about that. By the way, I love when, I love when any, anything talks about that sort of thing. I love the logistics of, uh, like when, in like literally in any fantasy thing or any journey, like what the fuck are you eating? I want to know. How are you catching? You need? Are you catching your food? Are you like? Did you buy supply? Like, I want to know the logistics. I like the logistics of that stuff. There is a really, it. I haven't seen an update in a couple months, so I don't know if it. It's still going, or if it got canceled. But there's an isekai manga that I really liked, um, not so much for the story, but for the approach. Uh, story-wise, I I thought it was kind of bland, but I liked the approach of uh, it. It's uh, this guy. His only real skill is he's a karate guy. Right? Oh yeah, the karate uh, the karate guy goes to the isekai thing. Yeah, I remember that. No, this is the second one with the same premise, but a very different tone. Huh, okay. It's not One Punch Man, but Karate Guy. Yeah, it, it's... um, It is a little bit One Punch Man, but it, it's the general tone. It focuses more on how he has had to struggle to survive. Because he didn't... He wasn't summoned by a princess, and he didn't... He landed in the wilderness. There's there's no great plot drawing him anywhere. It's just him surviving in another world. Um, and it's a lot of him like, I need to eat. I am starving. Mm-hmm. I, I need to eat and I need to clothe myself because I am naked. And yeah, it, it, it's sort of like um, the Bear Grylls show with goblins. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's kind of that Bear Grylls show with goblins for a while. Yeah. Eventually, he does run into yeah, people. You know, bug yeah. Bear Grylls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. That other one, the the the, the 
the one I told you about previously takes more of a high fantasy approach to it, and this takes more of a uh, mm-hmm. a dark, uh, low fantasy approach. Yeah. A more grounded fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, not worth the, that, that. That's not the point right now, but it, it it does sort of deal with that though. Um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, she can't eat everything in the boiling aisles, which sucks. Yeah, it's an interesting little plot detail that they didn't need to add, but I like it. Yeah, really dig it. I like I like anything that actually tries to address that stuff. Like I said, I I, I dig logistics. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It it um. In a game setting, it's kind of annoying because it's like this is a needless hard mode. Uh, but in a story, in like a narrative story, I rather enjoy it. Yeah, I think there's like an appeal to it in a game. It just if if that's what you're wanting, you know. Yeah, it. I have beaten um, Fallout New Vegas ten or more times, and I've never once started up survival mode. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that just does that sounds like the opposite of fun to me. Uh, yeah, but some people. But in a narrative, I enjoy some people it. might want that though. It, it just depends. In a, in a game sense, it's like you know if that's what you're after. Yeah, it's, it's it, but it's definitely an aspect of a game that doesn't appeal to everybody. Just like inventory yeah. management doesn't appeal to everybody either. Ugh. Um. If I wanted to play Tetris, I'd play Tetris. Oh man, but I love playing Attaché Case. Yeah. Attaché Case is my favorite game. It's my favorite Resident Evil game. It's the only reason I'll never play Resident Evil. Genuinely. That well, and tank controls. I can't stand tank controls. The Attaché controls. Case thing is only in 4 and 5. Okay. And unfortunately... Yeah, but all of them sort of have that sort of like... Not really. Nope. Really? I remember seeing it in... It's in oh, okay. Village, but that's it. It's not in the remake. No. There's inventory I... management, just not that kind of inventory management. You know what I'm remembering? What? I'm remembering the original Deus Ex. Ah. Uh, but, you know, I Also, I say that unironically. I genuinely like the Atesha case. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. We have extremely different gaming tastes. <laughs> Resident Evil 4 is the best. Yeah, and I... I I think I played like 10 minutes of it, and I was like, I, I'm just not feeling it. It's a real shame. It's one of the best games ever made. Th- th- I know. I... I... <sighs> Listen, it's not for everybody. There's nothing so so rival yeah. horror isn't for everyone. Horror isn't for everybody. Yeah, horror's really not for me. The only horror movie I've ever watched, and granted, I liked it a lot. I loved mm-hmm. it. Um, but it did not make me want to watch more horror was uh seventy nine alien. Yeah. Um uh yeah. other than like shitty B movies from the sixties. Um, Most of the people I know don't aren't really into horror, which is a shame because yeah. I really like horror movies. Yeah, I like. 
I like horror literature. Mm. Um, there's something about seeing it on screen that I just don't enjoy. I love a good horror novel. Mm-hmm. Um, just not not on screen. Maybe maybe I like it more when my brain makes up the pictures. Please excuse our technical difficulties. All right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into the venture project. See you then. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On Acme Podcasts Incorporated. And welcome back over to Acme Podcasts Incorporated. And uh, let's get into the Venture Brothers, seasons one through three. Uh, let's see. What, 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 what's the specific season? One. one came out in 2003. Uh, season two was 2006. And season three was 2008. Uh, let's see. Uh, created by, uh, Christopher McCulloch, also known as Jackson Public, and, uh, Doc Hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started out as a parody of uh, Johnny Quest and quickly uh, evolved into a parody of... Lots of things. Just, yeah, uh, I, I was going to say just 60s adventure cartoons, specifically the Hanna-Barbera flavor, a uh, little bit, uh, which are themselves an evolution of the uh, the, the pulp advent, sorry, pulp adventure comics. Yeah, like... You know, yeah. the uh, Doc Savage. And also, thing. sort of like the uh, Alan Quartermain and like Indian yeah. Jones type stories. Yep. Uh, and then it also became a parody of, you know, Marvel Comics, DC Super, Comics, you know, Silver the Age Comics. genre in Silver general, Age. really. Specifically Silver Age, but yeah. Um, yeah. A Watchmen kind of. Uh, which. Yeah, because that's also what Watchmen's a parody of, uh, or like a deconstruction of, yeah. really. Um, I mean, yeah, Watchmen is sort of the, I don't want to say the original superhero deconstruction, but it's like the most influential. I would say it's the one that influenced every other superhero deconstruction that, that came is, after. That is what I meant when I said most influential. <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to cut me saying that out, probably, and except I'm totally not. I'm just saying I am, because I said something superfluous. <laughs> uh, uh, I You said influential, and I heard important. I mean, no, those aren't the same thing. I mean, yeah. something that's influential uh, is important, but not... It's not a... Exclusively. Not exclusively yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, uh, Christopher McCulloch, Jackson Public, uh, wrote for the Tick, all three versions of the Tick. Oh, even the the two live action series? Yup. Interesting. That explains a lot about Uh, this show, actually. Yeah. 
He also wrote two episodes of uh, Billy and Mandy and 13 episodes of uh, Kids Next Door. And he did one episode of Celebrity Deathmatch. God fucking that show. Yeah. I remember that show. Uh, he also did, he was also a consultant writer on, uh, Super Jail. Mm. Uh, I don't know if anyone has affection for that. I remember watching and being like, it has, I feel like I'm missing something. nice animation. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, I just didn't find it particularly funny, Mm -hmm. which is what most. Adult Swim shows are going for. Uh, I just felt like I should have been taking something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, intoxicating myself in some way before watching it. That That's sort of also how I felt about Tim and Eric, mostly. Tim and Eric is surrealist humor. It, yeah. Much like the, the really Eric is. Andre show. It's yeah. just like it's it's a bunch of like non sequiturs and surrealist humor. Yeah, I didn't appreciate it at the time. Uh, I find going back now, I enjoy things like Steve Rule more now. Uh, you seen Between Two Ferns? Yes, Between I have. Two. Did you see the movie? <laughs> yeah. Between Two yeah. Ferns is great. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, it, it rekindled my enjoyment of uh, Zach Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, the the Hangover movies really tested Listen, it. Listen, the first Hangover movie is funny, but then they made the first Hangover movie. Oh, then absolutely. they made the first Hangover movie again two more times. Yeah. It's the same, sh- it's the same yeah. shit. It's the same movie. Both times. And it's not really good. It's not. Yeah. Nope. <sighs> anyway, uh, let's see what Doc Hammer's done. Doc Hammer. A rock band. Yeah. Also, just looks like Peter White. I mean. Peter White has to be based on him, does. right? does. I mean, look at him. Yeah. <laughs> look at the guy. You know, for for a while, my favorite thing to do... Mm-hmm. And I did it, like, twice a year, because they only did it twice a year. But they would do uh, panels at every uh, San Diego Comic-Con and also DragonCon. Mm-hmm. And someone... I think there was like an official recording or something that would get put up on YouTube and watching those was like my favorite. And I became very fond of both of these people through mm-hmm. that. Um, Funnily enough, the mm. uh, Pete White is voice on McCulloch and not Doc Hammer. <laughs> I think that, uh, that works mm. better uh, because it's probably him doing an imitation of him. Almost. Yeah. And then, Mc- and then Doc Hammer is quiz boy. Yeah. <laughs> Doc Hammer's also... Uh, Dr. Girlfriend. Dr. Girlfriend and... Uh, oh, and, and uh, Jackson Public is... Uh, or 
Christopher McCulloch is uh, Do- Hank Venture. Yeah, McCulloch is Hank Venture, uh, Sergeant Hatred, Pete White, and the, the monarch. monarch, and also the Sovereign yeah. and Henry Killinger. Yeah. It uses my magic mega bug. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, James Urbanaic is uh, Dr. Venture, and also Phantom Limb. Yep. And Jonas Venture Jr. and Dr. Vent. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, he's Rusty. He's also Jonas Venture Jr. and Phantom yep. Limb. And a couple other villain voices. And Patrick Warburton is Brock. Yeah, doing what he Probably always does. my second favorite Patrick Warburton performance. After, yeah, after Kronk. Kronk. It's kind of yeah. hard to beat Kronk. Yeah, it is pretty, yeah. Uh, we said this last time, but uh, Michael Sinterniklaus is a uh, Yeah, we Venture. talked about how he's in the 2003 PMNT show. Yes. Wait, wait, hold on. Uh, in Sergeant Hatred's original what? appearance, he was voiced by Brendan Small. Yeah. Whack. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they didn't mean for him to become such a, a major character. Not. It was just supposed to be like a one-off joke. Mm-hmm. Part of me kind of wishes he was. Yeah. Yeah. Let's now. With that, out, let's get this out of the way. The f- lot of a offensive lot. humor. Lots of transphobia. Lots of homophobia. Lots of the use of the R slur. Yeah. Lots of just really tasteless jokes. The American pronunciation of the French word for slow. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there's probably some people out there who don't know what the R slur means. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Give them something to look up. Look R- up. The R slur. Um, but the. And also some. Racism. Racism, Very casual yeah. racism. Yeah. Specifically, a Hispanic and Japanese. But there's also some. There's also some yeah. other racism in there too. Real. Yeah. Yeah. They're usually using it to pinpoint how this is not in defense of it. I I just want to clarify. Uh, they're usually using it to pinpoint how like a shitbag someone mm-hmm. is. Uh, but that there, there's better ways to you, do that. Rusty didn't need to be racist. Yeah. Didn't it, we? We already knew Rusty was a piece of shit. We and we didn't need to know he was racist. Yeah. We didn't need to know Brock is kind of homophobic. Yeah, I think uh, college football player says that enough. College football player does say that and was in the military yeah homophobic ain't not even the military the fucking uh fbi uh, uh, cia yeah you know the and transphobic a lot of characters transphobic though yeah yeah just a lot of really tasteless transphobia jokes all about dr girlfriend and also not all yeah, hunter gatherer. Also, 
Mm, I just remember. I just remember what happens later. Oh, yeah. the hunter gatherer was pretending to be a trans woman to in. Oh. Yeah, oh. it it was. Yeah, it's... that's so much worse. Yeah. God, that's bad. Holy shit. Yeah, that's really bad. Oh. Venture Brothers uh doesn't really fix its shit until maybe season five no, season six. Yeah, and there are seven seasons. Yeah. Now, with all hey. that being said, Venture Brothers is still fucking funny. It's the tight it's it is the tightest written show. Yeah. Like, even, like, in its writing, it is incredibly tight. It It is consistent in its world. Like, very little gets retconned. Yeah. And a lot of characters just... There's a lot of standout voice performances in this. Like, like yeah. I, I think that, for me, personally... McCulloch's performances in the Monarch is kind of like the best one. Like, yeah, I I would say it, it's between him and uh, Steve Rattazzi as Doctor Orpheus. Uh, Doctor Orpheus is my favorite character in all of Venture Brothers. Absolutely, I fucking love Doctor Orpheus. He's he's the best, and he's just born completely out of. Uh, Doc Hammer's love of uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, the, the the thing that's actually super interesting about Venture Brothers that I noticed was that um, while the show is ostensibly the main focus is about Doctor Venture and the the boys and Hank and uh, not Hank, uh, fucking Brock. Um, there are small casts of like small groups of. That can yes. carry their own show. Mm. Like, I think the Order of the Triad could have their own show. Absolutely. If there's anyone who's going to get a spinoff, it should be them. And, like, the Monarch and Dr. Girlfriend. Like, there are entire episodes that have Ventures and Brock and them. they're not even in it. And it's just Dr. Girlfriend and the Monarch in 21 and 24. Yeah. Like, that's the strength of their writing, is that you can just have entire episodes just about them. Oh, yeah. Uh, th th this is... <sighs> we didn't get into it too much. We sort of see the birth of it a little bit here. Mm -hmm. But we don't see... But I would say, out of the entire cast, the character who experiences the most growth is Hank. Yeah. He's also, I would say, despite him being kind of a dumbass, he's the best adjusted of everyone. Yeah. Man, that's kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, because the story really sort of sets up Dean as being the one who's going to probably make it. And, and we're, I'm getting ahead of myself. Because th this is this really picks up more in the rest of the series. I mean, it, it, yeah, um, like the, the stuff with Dean's character arc later, yeah. Yeah. Um, most of this is setting up, like, uh, the... 
the stuff with uh, 24 and 21 and um yeah the plot line with uh phantom limb and uh the just just it's season one two three are mostly just like setting up plot threads and establishing characters for the storylines that'll happen in the next few seasons yeah i yeah um There are yeah. things that end up paying off many episodes later that you don't think will pay off, but they do. Like the Dr. Orpheus predicting the Action Man's death. Yeah. And shit like that. Um, but the because... The Action Man doesn't die. Doesn't he? In the show? I thought that was a thing. I thought they made a joke later in the series where he actually has his stroke. I don't remember now. I kept thinking he did, and that was and it was set up like when Doctor Orpheus met them. I know there was that one part where we thought um, Colonel Gentleman died. Yeah, kind of wish he did. Yeah. Once again, you don't need to make a character racist to. To uh, make make them uh, yeah. unlikable. I don't. I think it's more they were just trying to parody Sean Connery, Sean Connery, and maybe a little Chuck Heston too. It's definitely Sean Connery for sure because he's he's. I mean, it. yeah, with with the voice and the everything, yes. but I, I think uh, they're they're just trying to they they're pulling stuff from other places uh, too. Yeah, Bond movies are say. also another big thing that they're trying to parody and this series yeah it's literally it's a grab bag of like superhero stuff super spy stuff and boy adventurer it's everything a gen x kid grew up loving the only thing it's missing is like mad magazine (laughs) i mean yeah hank probably reads mad magazine yeah but um oh they also uh they use the g slur a lot Oh yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they also yeah. They also say gay is a derogatory a lot. Yeah. They use both G slurs. Just Yep. Well, gay can be a slur. They just it, they use gay yeah. as a derogatory. Yeah. And the other thing it's it, not, yeah. Yeah. I I'm also of the opinion that, um, going back to the thing I said about characters, groups of characters that could carry their own show, I kind of think that Jonas Venture Jr. and his group could carry their own show. Yeah, a, a prequel series would be very interesting. No, 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 Jr., the, the, the brother. Oh, Jr., yeah, with Jonas, with, uh, John Jr., with, uh... The, the, the... visible... Three fourths of the Impossibles and yeah, the uh, pirate and the captain, the captain. Yeah. By the way, never he never gets yeah. a name, does he? He's always the captain, right? Yeah, he's just captain. Yeah. God, that's such a fucking. Even by the end of the series, bitch never gets a fucking name. Yeah. But um, you know what's a 
he he's nothing more than a recurring joke I mean, though, really like his only character trait is was a pirate and is addicted to tranquilizers yeah that was a weird joke yeah also apparently um doc hammer's uh, daughter is the voice of triana yeah I, you know what's the thing I did forget? That the leader what? of the Guild of Calamitous Intent was David Bowie. How could you forget that? Dude, so much shit happens in this show. Fair enough. Like, so much shit happens in this show constantly. Like, all the time. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's so hard to unpack some of the things that happen in this show. Like, the end of season three is an army of Dean and Hank clones being murdered simultaneously by the by S.H.I.E.L.D. slash G.I. Joe and the monarch in a robot suit. Yeah. There's just so much shit just Shield always happening. I mean, yeah. They are S.H.I.E.L.D. slash G.I. Joe. Yeah, I know. I was just, like, trying to portmanteau it into, like, shield IO, but it, it doesn't really work. Yeah. And then, um, because of, there's not too much to, to go into deeper on the first three seasons, mainly because, again, this is mostly set up for story. The first season yeah. is most, is just episodic. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to be kind and calling it, uh, defining the characters <laughs> yeah i mean um, it definitely defines them all right yeah uh sort of, but it, it, it sets up like plot episodic. threads that get followed up or like the um the rust rusty's like um relationship with his dad and it also sets up yeah. molotov and the stuff that happens there later and unfortunately and the, the and jonas, jonas. Yeah. Junior, and Jonas I mean. Jr. and all the stuff with Phantom Limb, like I said, and the Monarch and Dr. Girlfriend. Wait, no, sorry. Uh, yeah. Dr. Mrs. the Monarch. Yeah. Now she's Dr. Mrs. the Monarch. Nope. Dr. Sheila Mrs. the Dr. Monarch. Dr. Sheila Mrs. the Monarch. I really want to know. <laughs> like, we see her in that flashback with Quiz Boy, where she's in college, and it's like, Bit, like she's and she still has that cigarette voice. I was like, "How much did you smoke when you were a teenager?" Holy shit! It's the seventies, man. Because it was because by 70s. the way, spoiler alert: Sheila is not trans. Spoiler alert: No, she's just twenty-four pack a day voice. Twenty-four pack a day voice. Yeah. On the one hand, I'm glad she's not trans because, like, um, but on the other hand. I don't know how to feel about that. It's like you make all the trans yeah, jokes, it's, and it's like it. It it's she. I there's part of me that wishes she'd gotten written off the show, but I love her. And then all of her interesting shit was put on another character that would be introduced in place of a transphobic joke turned into an excellently written character. You know, that's a fair point. That's a totally fair point. Yeah. Um, because she is 
excellently written as time progresses, and she's such a good character, but she just comes from a fucking... It's transphobic, too. Aerosmith yeah. song title, yeah, basically. Just, and at least in the... Especially in the first few seasons, it's just like, yep, get all the... Get all the really shitty trans jokes out of the way. And just direct yeah. them right at her. Yep. And then... And then have some gay characters, but they're really stereotyped. Even... Yeah. I love The Alchemist. I do. I really do, but he is a flaming homosexual. Yeah. Shoreleaf. Shoreleaf. I'll give them one. <laughs> You'll give you them Shoreleaf. One. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's nothing like those people but... exist. Like that's not a that's not a yeah. fake person that exists. It doesn't exist. Like those type of gay people do exist. It's just like you get one. That's it. Yeah. That's all you get. I do like that it uh as the it goes on, they sort of show it's just the voice really and the interest. He still is every bit as macho as oh, yeah. Brock. Also, it's Holy Diver now, not Shirley. <laughs> uh, for, for now, now. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I hate that. I hate that he was that whole stick was also much like the hunter gatherer things. Not great. What the uh, born again Christian thing was just a bit. You'd rather no, that no, be no, real, no, no. or just I, that they I, didn't I do just it. Rather they didn't. It's not just the born again Christian. It's like I, yeah, I, I Christians are the gay away. I'm oh not yeah, not a fan of that. No. And I'll I'll give him this. He was committed to the bit. He was yeah. willing to let Brock die to be committed to the bit. We also did see that he and Brock did not have the... The one time he showed up before this was him completely ragging on Brock and uh, yeah. Hunter Gather. I really... I really uh, want to like Hunter Gather, unfortunately, but I don't. I want. I I like his relationship with Brock. Yeah, I I think it's important to have a character like that. I I find his um dynamic with oh, I forget his name, the Hulk guy, the guy who thinks he's. Oh a Hulk. yeah, yeah. He's voiced by uh, Khan. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. I, I like his dynamic with him mm -hmm. a little better than his dynamic with Brock. Mm -hmm. uh... uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say um, that uh, I, I like a lot. General, General Manhowers. Manhowers. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. I was going to say, I like a lot the going off of, kind of going off of groups of characters. This show is really good at, like, Wait. individual, like, dynamics. Like, every character has an interesting dynamic with other characters. I love Hank and Gary's friendship. Yeah. 
their weird, weird <laughs> friendship are like Dean and fucking uh, uh, twenty four. Yeah, we're. You know, Dean's just trying to be... 24 in general. Dean's just trying to be nice, and it's just like... I love... Ah, man! Get this kid away from me! Why would you do this? (laughs) No! Which which one's 24? You know, hey, you know the guy who's always standing next to me? Yeah, it's him. Alright, the guy that sounds like Ray Romano. I like that guy. I remember fucking cracking up laughing when he said that the when I first heard that. Yeah. There are some jokes that I remember. I mean, I still laughed at them, but like I remember the first time I saw them, I remember just fucking pissing myself laughing. Like the 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 bit in the courtroom episode where Hank and Dean were telling their version of the story, and they did. The Mecha Shiva thing. Mecha Shiva! Mecha Shiva! Oh my fucking god. I, I lost yeah. my, my, my fucking mind the first time I saw that. It's still funny. The other yep. one that I always remember was um, Dr. Orpheus. And he's like, who wants pizza rolls? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite uh, Dr. Orpheus one is uh, uh, the, the pudding cup at the... Uh, <laughs> there, are f- there are three pudding cups in the fridge. You may have one as an after-school you snack. You consume the contents of one of them. That's right, yeah. But uh, I love that Stephen Colbert is uh, Professor yeah, Impossible. Uh, at least early on. Uh, Not later. Someone else yeah, take cause over because he, he that was before yeah. he had the Colbert show, the Colbert show. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But um, what I was gonna say was is, uh, there's a like I said, there's a lot of individual dynamics that are really great. Like I love Orpheus and Rusty's like dynamic a lot. Like Orpheus genuinely, yeah. this is kind of sad to say, is probably Rusty's only friend. <laughs> Like actual, uh, until uh, until uh, White and uh, Quizboy become yeah, more yeah, the Qu- they, yeah. Rusty and Quizboy and White and them they become bros, but early on, yeah. Orpheus kind of comes off as it, it's Orpheus, Orpheus is kind of yeah. his only friend, and yeah, I also really like the relationship between Brock and Rusty as well. Yeah, they they have. Oh, yeah. A weird one. It's like ninety percent of the time, Rusty treats him like trash because, of course, he does because he's Rusty. But then, yeah, treats everyone. But then it's like, then there's like that ten percent of the time where it's like, oh, Rusty does care about him. He's just yeah. And then there's every once in a while where it's like, oh, they actually do kind of get along. Oh yeah, like that bit where they're leaving uh, uh, the 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 museum, and it's like Brock, we have to go back. What? You crazy? He's family, Brock, and he needs us. Ah, how'd you going? Ah, you did. 
my favorite ones also they're they're describing all the times uh the boys died like oh there was that one time we had the mustaches (laughs) (laughs) fucking yeah (sighs) and then um there's all like this is just like in, in the first episode that that's not the pilot um when rusty thinks brock is dead Genuinely distraught. Yeah. And it's like, you do care. You're just a piece of shit. (laughs) Like, that's the thing with Rusty, is that he's terrible at expressing how he feels. Yeah. Uh. He. Yeah. He, He has the sort of typical, uh overshadowed by his own parent uh, has to tear everyone else down because that's how his father kind of made him yeah, feel. And then gets mad when anybody actually points out the truth that he's just riding his dad's coattails. Which yep. he is. Which he is. Not even Not well. Even well. <laughs> and it's like I mean this is his character arc eventually is that like he does have the ability to step out of his dad's shadow he just himself doesn't believe he does deep down yeah, yeah every once in a while he does do actual science yeah. like genuinely even if it's fucked up science yeah like the cloning like, facility the, I mean probably based on his dad's notes the joy but... can with the joy can yeah. Spider robot. Spider forgot, robot. Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that one scene with the spider robot, and it was the episode where or the door the trial was trying to get an arch, and he just walked out with the spider robot, and just started cleaning it sexually. <laughs> like. Uh. <laughs> fuck even was that uh, <laughs> like I don't even uh, it's stupid but it's funny Um, and then the other dynamic that I really like is Hank and Brock yeah mainly because even though Brock doesn't want to admit it he does care about the boys Oh, absolutely. By the way, I got the wrong name before. It wasn't Peter McCulloch. It's Toby um, Huss. Okay. Toby Huss. Yeah. Um, he does care about them, and it's his Hank. The deal with him and Hank is really great, cause, because Rusty is such a terrible dad. Brock is the only one Hank sees as an actual father figure. Yeah. Also, he just kind of relates to yeah. him more. Because that's kind of how he wants to yeah, be. Yeah, he wants to be like Brock. He idolizes him. Yeah. Which, there are worse people to idolize in this show. But they're also... Yeah, I mean, when your options are Brock and Rusty... Yeah. Not great options. No, um, one is a one is one of them 
he is a psychotic murderer. And the other one yeah. is Brock Samson. He's <laughs> <Just> neglectful. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're both terrible. There's not a... I don't think there's a... Is there a good... No, Dr. Orpheus is a good person. He, um... He tries. He tries now. But we learn he lost his wife because he read Richards. Ooh, right, that's right. He was so involved in his studies that his wife was just like, fuck this. I'm gonna fuck your student. The ghostwriter equivalent. Yeah, who we'll meet yeah. next season. Um, isn't next season Operation Prom? Yes, season four is my favorite season of any TV show mm. ever. Um, yeah, the um, plan... Just just from a writing perspective, it still has a lot of shitty things yeah. in it, but... The, the plan... Uh, we did some planning for this season of the show, and... Yeah, I I got a real stick in my craw, and I was just like, I want the overarching plot of this season to be, we go through the Venture Brothers. But not like we did it with OKKO, OK where it's just all in a row. We're going to spread it out. Yeah, we're, we're not going to do um, season three, no, season four, rather. We're not going to do season four anytime soon. No, uh, a few episodes Yeah, we're, now. it'll be a bit before uh, we do season four Venture Brothers. And we'll do it with something else. Yeah. I, I have potential pairings for mm-hmm. everything. Um, I know for a fact... <clears throat> yeah, it's either season... It's either season five or season six that I want to pair with uh, Invincible. Because mm-hmm. uh, after a while, they sort of just drop the Johnny Quest thing and it really becomes full Super sale. Hero. Parody the superhero yeah, shit. Because isn't season five uh, Captain Sunshine and all that shit? Yes, but it really kicks off in season mm-hmm. six. Actually, no. Uh, season four is Captain oh, okay. Sunshine. Okay, I thought season five was Captain Sunshine. No, because uh, season four is Brock's mm-hmm. jacket. And I'm pretty sure Hank still has the uh, the mullet that he's trying also to grow. Also, not looking forward to Captain Sunshine. No, it's another pedophile joke, and it's Kevin Conroy <sighs> being a combination of Superman and Batman. Oh yeah. Uh, Season 4, episode 2 is uh, Captain Sunshine. Yeah. Get it out of the way early. Yep. Uh, Yeah, the the primary part of season 4 is actually uh, the Revenge Society. Right, the Revenge Society with Phantom Limb, Underbite, and uh, Impossible, and one other person, I think. Uh, yeah, there is someone else. I can't remember who, though. Mm, it's gonna bug the shit out of me. But that's not until the end of the season, I'm pretty sure. Uh, like, because you still have just Phantom Limb 
alone doing the Revenge Society yeah. shit. In the early part. Um, season 4 and season... F- right, okay. Uh, either season 4 or season 5 I want to pair with G.I. Joe. Because this is when we get the big Sphinx uh, mm. comparison. Season 5 is with G.I. Joe. That's what yeah. it is. Because uh, that's where you have... Uh, literally... Gary's running Sphinx at that yeah, point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Also, as in uh, season four, I don't know if it gets resolved, but we start following the uh, uh, twenty-one uh, become coming into his own long overarching plot thread. Also. Oh, season four starts with him being the new oh, number okay, one, yeah. and being all buff and brooding. Like the Terminator yeah, and shit. after 24's yeah. death. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the start of his uh, hunt to find uh, who actually yeah. did it. Uh, it. It was the monarch. <laughs> the monarch did it. On accident. <laughs> yeah. Technically, Dr. Mrs. the monarch accidentally did it because she left the remote in the chair. Wait, no, but the real question is who actually pushed the I button? remember who. Do you? I don't. I don't. So let... If I had a guess, it's probably Tim Tom. I mean, yeah, it was one of the fucking... The, the Muppets. What are we doing here? Or yeah. both of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's obvious. Right, let's leave it at... Anyway. anyway. Uh, let, let's try to actually talk about the first three I mean, we seasons. we kind of have... Like, there, there's not much yeah. to say because yeah, the first have. three seasons are so, like, episodic-based, right? That's true. Like, it, yeah. it, like, I think because of that, we just kind of did, like, a general thoughts about Venture Brothers, and because there's not much to say about the first seasons, but I think we can get into nitty-gritty stuff when, like, detailed plot lines start happening in season four and onward, right? That's true. There is one other thing... Of all the parodies they've done within these first three mm-hmm. seasons, you know which one I could have done without? Not because it's particularly offensive, I just don't particularly mm-hmm. enjoy it. The Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I could have done without the Scooby-Doo parody. I mean, I, I think they're making fun of so much other Hanna-Barbera stuff. A Scooby-Doo parody fits. I just didn't like the execution yeah, of it. Yeah, it. it felt out of place. Honestly. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. It sort of just existed to continue the boys keep dying clone thing, really. Yeah, basically. Uh, mm. But, yeah, unless you want to talk about a specific episode, I'd, or episodes, I don't think they're, you know. Do you have a favorite episode from these three seasons? Or episodes? Yeah, I kind of yeah, um, I've got two, there's two that are sort of, I I like them for the same reason, it's the two episodes, uh, one is the one with uh, Pat Soriyama, and then the other one is sort of uh, the introduction of Underbite, mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, we, we see Rusty in his college mm-hmm. years, and we see Pete White in college, and we see Brock in yeah. college. Um, 
I think that could be its own show, honestly. I think that'd be very interesting. Um, and the other one's the buddy system. Yeah, because Dermot's there. Yeah, Dermot is possibly one of... He's not my favorite character on the show, but he's so perfectly embodies a, like the sort of people I was friends with in yeah. high school. Not full sale. I would say a lot of the people I was friends with in high school were much better people than That's Dermot, but I did know I did know a couple yeah. Dermots. Uh, I really like both episodes with Killinger a lot. Killinger's fun. I just like Killinger. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. And I also really like the episode with the yard sale. Yes. Uh, what was it? Tag and something or other? Tag, tag sale, you're it. That yeah. Was the lightsaber bit. <laughs> Was, is is golden. Uh, or Doctor Orpheus like helping eventually Rusty with the 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 the, the stand. And just like that was delivered by Orpheus. That was from Doctor Orpheus. Following the <laughs> mini plot thread from that season of the or of the triad trying to get an arch. Yeah. Well, first just. Just him, because he hadn't even... He didn't realize he applied as a as a team. Right, yeah, and then it's like, oh, right, I need to go find a team. <laughs> and... Oh. You know what was... Two similarly funny jokes. Like, that... A joke that, I'm like, man... It's really good is the, the bit where he tries to get in touch with the Alchemist and um, Twilight at the same time. And the Alchemist is... And he's having to yeah. talk to both. So, like, can you please learn how to multi a <laughs> multi form astral project for the love of God? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that, that's the Dana Dana Snyder. Oh, what's his name? Dana Snyder. Yeah, that yeah. guy. He's great. Yeah, he he's Master Shake and the Ghost in that new musical cartoon and Gaspacho. Yeah, Gaspacho. Yeah. I will say, uh, there's one thing with hatred that I absolutely love that we do see come back uh, later in another mm-hmm. character, and that's uh, that bit at that like mixer where uh, he has a, a monarch in the hot tub, and he's like, "You're gonna." Stand there, and you're gonna watch me treat a man you hate like he's a fucking king, and it's gonna eat you up inside. Mm-hmm. And it it's just like, oh, this is real villainy. Yeah. This is like actual. It, he's not really arching adventure. Uh, <laughs> he's arching the monarch, and yeah, I love it. It's pretty good. Uh, that that was real good, and I was. You sort of see that sort of like professional sort of approach to villainy again later on with uh, the Red Death. Yeah. Uh, who might be the best character they've ever put I've in the seen, show, or yeah, at least I've seen like clips of him. The... Yeah, uh, he's. I mean, it's Clancy Brown. Man, come on. kill it. 
Yeah, but he's just so fucking good. Um, I still say Hank is the best character in the show, uh, without a doubt. Uh, he, he's the most compelling. I think he works best as... If there's anyone in this show who's actually the protagonist, mm-hmm. it's him. Because uh, I feel like he undergoes the most character mm-hmm. development. Uh, even at this point, like, he, yeah, he's still a dumbass, but we see him starting to grow out of the trappings of his family while Dean really just kind of wants to keep doing the boy mystery, boy detective sort of stuff. Sh- yeah, but it's it doesn't take long for Dean's character arc to kind of come to it to a head. Like it's it's season four, isn't it? Right, season five, really. Season four sets up his arc okay. in season five when he basically has depression. Uh, uh, yeah, understandably, it, I see it less as depression and more uh, the edgy phase every quote unquote nice guy I mean, goes it's through. Also depression. I guess. I mean, yeah. when you see an entire army of your own clones being killed, we'll fuck you up. Yeah, that is. Mm, yeah. Like, I can't blame him. I was thinking more, like, in terms of, uh. Like, how shittily he was dealing with, uh, Triana. Well, yeah, but that's, like, that's kind of part of him. it. It's like, it's the, yeah. like. You know what? We'll we'll get into that later. I don't want to. Like, I don't want to yeah. unpack all that right now. I I think we might be we 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 might have the order of events a little wrong because I, from what I remember, his story. In, yeah, okay. His story in season four is more about uh, him following in his dad's mm-hmm. footsteps. Because this is the the college intern, the summer internship mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I don't got anything. Else anything. To say. Okay. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna close this pitch out. We'll see you then. Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? And welcome back, everybody, for the last time to Acme Podcast Incorporated. For the last time this week, I should say. I mean to say. Uh, So let's get into it. Uh, Venture Brothers was, you know, it is what it is. Very of its Um, time, honestly. If you, I think, if you haven't seen it before, it's a real hard watch. It's even yeah. like, it's a hard watch even um, if you have seen it before, like early early seasons. It's like if you haven't seen it before, yeah, then like, uh, rough. I also think it it doesn't quite work if you don't have any context for what it's parodying in those first. Few yeah, seasons. it's um, I think Adventure Brothers. Well, it's a overall as a whole package is a good show. I think it's a hard sell. It is. It was not a hard sell in two thousand three. Uh, but now it 
or I should, well, okay, when I say hard sell, I mean, like, to a studio, not to a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a hard sell, yeah, just because it's so fucking offensive. Yeah. It's very of its time. And yeah. if you weren't in that time, watching it during that time, it's, like, kind of painful to watch. Yeah. It's, uh... Um, so, and if, you, if you're new to it and you're getting into it, there's always, when I say you should get into it, there's always an asterisk. Yeah. Um... It's a gird your steal your yeah. resolve. Um, and it, it's a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Also, I feel like um, you could probably skip the first two seasons. Not maybe not season. Yeah, you could skip the first two. At seasons. least the first one. Yeah. Because, uh, like, you can kind of pick up on who Jonas Jr. is yeah, pretty quickly when he shows up again. He's his brother. He's where all the brains in the family went. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of aggressively nice. Um, yeah. Except when he's not, and then he's just aggressive. Well, yeah, he's passive-aggressive. Yeah. And, you know... Rusty hates his guts. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, you could. It, it's hard again. It's hard to sell. Yeah, it is. Uh, hopefully this podcast isn't a hard sell, and because we're now going to ask you to please uh, give us some five star reviews on iTunes or wherever you are able to give us reviews. Yeah, wherever um, you're listening to this, please. Give us some feedback. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you reviews are great on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I genuinely don't know if you can review things on Stitcher, but I can't believe you I wouldn't. Don't know. Or same on Spotify or... Uh, I do not know. Wherever. Yeah. Uh... But wherever you can, please do. And if you want to directly communicate any feedback to the show, you can find us uh, on Twitter at uh, at Inc. Podcasts. That's at I-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. And uh, if you don't want to be limited to a DM or 144 characters, what is it now? 244 characters? characters. 240 characters. If you don't want to be limited to 240 characters or a DM, you can email us at uh, acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Can I get that back one more time? Acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. That's right. And you can also find us on Tumblr, and Kai can tell you more about that. You can find us on Tumblr over at acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. Yeah. Uh, you can also, you can also, but if you, you just want to get an ask there, yeah, uh, please do. We don't have any this week, and we don't have any emails because 
all we ever get is spam, really. We did. Uh, and we three asks last week. A lot. Yeah, uh, which is enormously a lot mm-hmm. for us, <laughs> but we did take a month off. Sure. Um. Uh, but if you want to get in contact with one of us individually, you can find me on Twitter at at Turbo Honcho. That's at T U R B O. H-O-N-C-H-O, that's at Turbo Honcho, and Kai, where you can, can they find, find you? At kaiju underscore emperor, that's K-A-I-J-U underscore E-M-P-E-R-O-R. You can also find me on Tumblr at kaiju dash emperor, spelled the exact same way. And those are retweets, reblogs, things I like, but if you want anything original from me, I have a side blog on Tumblr called Kai's Tome, that's K-A-I-S-T-O-M-E. That's usually where I post any homebrew uh, tabletop things that I make. I also re- uh, reblog other homebrew uh, tabletop things over there as well. All right. And with that ado, that mm-hmm. I'm. No, that's not the Without word I wanted to say. Ado, does that. Uh... I think I combined something else with "without further think, ado." Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, with that out of the way, is what I actually wanted to say. Uh, don't be a jackass. We'll see you next time. Bye!